and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're so yeah. glad that you could join us this morning. I'm here with my good buddy, Mark. How you doing today, Mark? Doing well, Caleb. Excited to be here. I tell you, uh, you know, only our second episode of the rebooted uh, Moonshine Jesus Show, but I'm already back into the, as soon as we finish the last show, I start looking forward to getting into the next one. So it's fantastic. It's a good feeling, man. And, and It is so much fun. So much yeah. fun. And it's so cool to hear from everybody. We've heard from so many folks who are new fans. We've heard people who were part of the the uh, followers from, from the early version of the Moonshine Jesus show who are uh, being so kind and having so much fun along with us. So I, I hope that they're with us. I hope they've poured a drink, uh, if they're able. Uh, admittedly, our timing right now, some people are going to be harder than others. But uh, how about you? Did, were you able to bring a drink along for the ride, Caleb? I was. And so today I've got a themed cocktail for what we're going Perfect. to talk about today, which is, this is awesome. the Righteous Gemstones, yes, which indeed. is on HBO. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's yeah. kind of a parody of church life, mega church culture. And mm -hmm. so one of my favorite characters, Mark, in the Righteous Gemstones is Baby Billy Freeman. <laughs> Baby uh, Billy. Wow. He Baby is, Billy. He is, he is special. <laughs> He's special, and he's not a baby, right? No, he's, no, he's, he's a seventy-year-old man. It's, if you haven't, his gray that. hair is kind of telling. All gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and do you remember the first time we met Baby Billy, where he was, Mark? I'm trying to remember when we first met him. You'll no, remember as soon as I say it. Okay, I, I he was out naked in a bathtub on the front lawn <laughs> of his beer? property. Well, his wife brings him out a glass of milk. And he declares, sweet ambrosia. Do you remember this? Sweet ambrosia. Ambrosia, you know, is the food of the gods, which yep. is telling about who Baby Billy is. And so today yep. I've got a cocktail from the Educated Barfly. It's called Baby Billy's Sweet Ambrosia. Ambrosia. Well played, sir. You have, hey, wait, you I, have you seriously something upped cool. your game. I, I've got you something your else. game from the first. Oh, good. Go for it. Tell I, me. I want to know. Else. Yeah, yep. you're gonna love this, Mark. Okay, so it's okay. made with it's made with vodka, and right. rum, coconut cream, honey syrup, and it's garnished with nutmeg. But the vodka is from Mulholland Distilling, and one of the owners of that is yeah. Walton Goggins, who plays Baby Billy. What? <laughs> Isn't that crazy, dude? <laughs> you you have really not like you have you you've embarrassed me. It's really like and my game is so amateur in comparison to your game. Good. That is, I mean, well, let's I am, see. I, let's see. What are you drinking? I'm just, I'm drinking one of my go-to favorites, Elijah Craig Small Batch. I drink okay. it like it's kind of the one I keep around the house to sip on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that neat as I, I have a tendency to drink them. But I, I really like this themed cocktail. We'll have to see if we can do more of that uh, in, in future episodes. So, but listen, uh, we're already laughing about this show. We're not hardly talking about the show. Um, so I think that maybe we should uh, go ahead and have our first drop and, and really come back so we can get into this. Let's get into it. And Jesus. Uh, 
Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. And if you're just joining us, we're getting ready to talk about the HBO comedy, The Righteous Gemstones. And oh this goodness. is an incredible show. And uh, it's about this megachurch pastor family in South Carolina. And it is as if they read the Bible and then they decided to do everything the exact opposite <laughs> in their lives <laughs> right i mean it, it is pretty remarkable and, and and i hedged real quickly when you said it seems like they read the bible because i was like i'm not sure they ever did really i mean i agree they're doing a lot of the opposites i, I think they did a lot of bible drills as kids and learned a few verses and i, I don't I'm, i'll leave it to you 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 keep you keep keep us going here I, I don't know, Mark. That's maybe true. That sounds a lot like the people I know who maybe learned a lot of Bible drills in uh -huh. their early childhood, and then that never translated hey, was, to how. I was one of them. I was one of them. You were one of up, them? I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, Greystone Baptist Church, uh, Ashburn, North Carolina. Not there anymore, so I can talk about them. Uh, yeah. But I did. I, I learned. Um, I, I, I did Bible drills. I learned my, my – I don't know them anymore. Thank goodness. Um, but uh, – <laughs> I, I was definitely part of a, a very Southern Baptist conservative like, upbringing uh, in, in, in uh, a small North Carolina town. So, you know, I probably wasn't real far from a similar upbringing, at least religiously, as uh, as Eli Gemstone and his kids. But ho <laughs> hopefully, though, uh, most folks who grow up in those kinds of traditions do not end up like the gemstones oh, because I, no, their I don't lives think the world could handle that. messes. No, we couldn't. <laughs> or we couldn't no. handle any more. You know, it is maybe a slight exaggeration. Well, I hope it's more than a slight exaggeration, but it, it's an exaggeration, I hope, of the way that megachurch pastors really are. But I think yeah. there's a lot of truth in that I mean, too. Yeah, unfortunately, we have seen headlines and we have heard stories that have been done and even documentaries have been done that tell us that, that, that this is true for certain mega church um uh, uh leaders I'm, i i hesitate to call them ministers or pastors in a lot of ways because one of the things that the show brings out pretty quickly is that the focus uh of what's going on is really about power prestige and money uh more so than anything else right i mean which gemstone of course that's the last name right <laughs> of course, it's the perfect last name for this whole family that is obsessed with money, and they're just using the church to, uh, you know, line their pockets, uh, to strengthen their bank accounts, and uh, I'm not sure if they believe anything or not. There's a lot of yeah. religious language, but I don't know. Do you think they believe well, any of the stuff that they yeah, are preaching you know on what? Sunday mornings? I actually do. I, I think I think yeah. they're trying to portray a, a particular type of what what I tend to call Americana Christianity. Uh, it's a pop Christ, Christian, a pop Christianity kind of way of approaching, and and I think yeah that there is this need uh, or, or maybe unquestioned belief that they got when they were kids that there is a God. And that this God chooses and blesses. I mean, there's a lot of like general jab, not general. There's a lot of jabs at prosperity gospel going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's one of the things that's beautiful about it uh, is that your question of do do they believe in anything? I think is part of the beauty of the show is that us wondering that tells us that like maybe these characters don't. Maybe it really is all about 
becoming powerful. And maybe it is all about, um, you know, um, um, having all this money and, and influencing people. And, and because, I mean, all the storylines are around money, are they not? I mean, there's very few that aren't ultimately about money. I think that's right. Ultimately money about money, money yeah. and power. And I think yeah. that's one of the dangers of even outside of the prosperity gospel, the whole idea about salvation only Christianity, that mm -hmm. as long as you're saved, you can do whatever you want. You can act it's, however you want in the world. And, and, and boy, do they. And boy, they I mean, do. They do. From, 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 from they, what was they went to, I, I, what was their version of a Southern Baptist conference down in Atlanta or whatever. And a bunch of the leaders end up like doing coke and having prostitutes over and record <laughs> it gets recorded, which is uh, once again, I, I, I've, I'm, I'm jumping into this long before I needed to say, look, this is not a spoiler free podcast. It, it, there are very few that we will do that will be uh, a spoiler free. But yeah, I mean, particularly season one, the whole storyline ultimately revolves around uh, one of the son's child children records them in a hotel room doing the coke and um having prostitutes in the room with them and everything that goes on and it is like you said they'll do anything for the money and if they have read the bible they certainly aren't caring anything about what it's talking about the the pursuit of power and money is much more important than the pursuit of caring about people and and, and doing the things you know that that book happens to tell us we should be about. Yeah, that's right. The first season in particular, I think we see them just unravel. I mean, they're not very raveled to begin with, but <laughs> everything in their life just kind of unravels, well, especially Jesse Gemstone, which yes. is the oldest son, Danny McBride. He's a guy who's uh, writing the show, came up with the show. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, that relationship with him and his oldest son, Gideon, is yes. really interesting and i think gideon is an interesting character right because mark was I, saying I that a great character yeah mark was saying that you know that gideon the older son is the one who caught his dad uh doing coke in a hotel room and uh and gideon comes up with this scheme to blackmail his dad and right. and and the first without his dad knowing it's him Without his dad knowing it's him, and the whole first season kind of revolves around this plot and uh, and Jesse trying to keep his stuff at the convention a secret. And so, what yeah. do you think about that relationship with him and his and his son Gideon? And when Gideon I think comes it's the, back, yeah, I think it's the most important relationship in, in the show, at least in the first the, the first season. Um, uh, in, in that. Um, I, I think the son, and I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um, the the uh, the son that's blackmailing him, and I'm just blanking on his name right now. Oh, Gideon. Uh, Gideon. Yeah, I, I I think that Gideon sees through some of this falsehood. Like he's the first yeah. in the lineage. Uh, he's the first generation to say, "Wait a minute, there's some crap going on here." That, and not that I think that he's particularly religious, but maybe right. has this this thing eating away at the back of his head that has a little higher moral standard and is like, all of this is crap. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm calling out the hypocrisy and I'm going to get mine by, and so I'm not saying he's a great person, but he does yeah. seem to see through this facade that they're painting, um, that they're putting up and trying to, to show the world that they're this perfect family. When the truth is 
they're they've got they're getting everything wrong, man. They're getting it all wrong. Getting it all wrong. And, you know, yeah, he's not. I mean, he's blackmailing his dad. He's working with other people who are willing to use violent means to get money from his family. And then he's kind of sneaking behind his family's back. But at the end of season one, there's kind of some redemption and some uh, repairing of the relationship between Jesse and Gideon. And at the end of season one, I don't know how you felt, but I was kind of hopeful about some of the characters <laughs> i was hoping that you know maybe some of them would have some change happen in their lives but all right you have this advantage on me i will i will say i've only watched yeah. season one i did not i did not get into season two yet um i i did feel more hopeful at the end of season one yeah for a little bit not for yeah. long um, I think we also saw the other, uh, the, the the brother to Jesse, Kelvin, we saw him melt down too. Like he starts um, like emotionally just breaking apart. Like, like there is no, but I will say, I started thinking about the real life people that these characters are most right. likely based on, not right, a one-to-one right. one person, but the type of people. And I went, no, th- this is, this is who they are. Like, yeah. so Right now, it feels great, and it feels like maybe there's some redemption going on, and maybe there's a little bit of hope. But then I realized, not, not unless there's really bad writing going on here, these these folks are going to fall right back into their who they who who they are and what has allowed them to have this uh, this lifestyle that's well above the average citizen's lifestyle. They're going to want to have that. They're going to want to keep that. And I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Ult- I see them trying to change a little bit, yeah. but I see that, I don't know, being too difficult and, and it being easier just to slide back into what I used to do because I know how quickly that can give me what I actually want, which is power and prestige and money. Yeah. And I I hope that, you know, by the end of the series, maybe we mm-hmm. see some growth, but I will say that when you get into season two, you don't yeah. see much growth. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it, it, they if got I had to carry to get, on the show too, right? They got to carry right, on the show. Right. They keep and, and that dynamic is working. So why would you write it out, right? That's right. But I do yeah. think there is the opportunity to redeem some characters, and I think we saw some yeah. seeds at the end of season one planted. Of all people, I think we might see Eli uh, ultimately get more redeemed. He he might he might yeah. sink lower for a little bit, but he's starting to see like the scene where he is uh, with Jesse in, in the church in the Sears. Um, and he starts to fall apart and he goes, I can't do this without your mama anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a moment there. I went, you know what? He's starting to see what this has created, what it's made his kids and how, because I do think that character wants his kids to be good people. Um, and he doesn't necessarily see himself as a person who's only about power and prestige, although it's very clear he is. Yeah, and he won't, and he's, but he's starting to see a reflection of himself and not realizing it in his kids and not liking it. So I kind of feel like that might be the character that we have some hope for down the road, maybe. I, I hope that's true. I will say that part that you said about him sinking lower does happen in the second season. Uh, and surprising. we, we find out a whole lot more about Eli and his background mm. and what his life was like before he met Amy Lee. Remember he said like, I was a different person before I met Amy Lee. And we get to find out more about what that was like. And uh, 
Oh, it's it's a blast, but we don't see uh, a lot of redemption so far in the second season. So, you know, it's I think six episodes have dropped so far in yeah. the second season. And yeah, it's it's been fantastic. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Well, look, I, I, I do think, though, and, and one of the wonderful things is it's just great to watch. And there you do see the reflection yeah. of pop Christianity and prosperity gospel and all in it. But it has some, I think, some some real lessons or at least uh, launching points for discussion uh, on uh, real life topics. Absolutely. Absolutely. The political implications, theological mm -hmm. implications, implications on our lives as we see these characters for real in the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Great. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Today we're talking about the righteous gemstones, and we're <laughs> going to delve into this crazy family and what kind of the real life iterations of this family look like and what that means for us. And so one of the examples that popped into my head most clearly, Mark, was thinking about Jerry Falwell Jr. And you and I have talked about this offline yeah. uh, a couple of times, but you know, in a recent Vandy Fair interview he said that he didn't really believe any of the things that he had been propagating ah. all this time as the president of liberty university he didn't yeah. he didn't believe any of it he was just declaring it for money and political power yeah uh, and so that's exactly what i thought of as i'm looking at the righteous yeah. gemstones i'm looking at this real life example of someone who finally admits that he didn't even believe any of the stuff that he yeah. and, and, you know, people honestly would be probably floored at, it's not like a massive percentage, but it's a bigger percentage than you think of ministers who are in the pulpit, who um, for a lot of really good reasons have ultimately lost their faith or, uh, yeah. or don't necessarily uh, believe everything that they're talking about because they found themselves in, the, in a similar situation where they were, kind of life pushed them in this area and they could make the really hard choice of stepping away and, and saying no, or they could just try to do their best, what they can do in it and, and, and have a better life because of it. Um, it happens a lot. And, and I think that bringing, bringing up Falwell is brilliant because it really is. It's the, it's the perfect counter image to what's going on here of the question that you brought up in the first segment of, do they even believe any of this? And and I love that the show kind of, you know, there's moments like at, when mama's dying um, at the beginning, yeah. you know, we, we see that episode, uh, the last episode of season one and they're all, and the first thing that Eli says is we, we got to pray. Yeah. And they're at that point, there's not really a lot of eyes on them. So I think right. there's part of them that, that are in this, that, that are the folks who have some sort of belief, they, they've just got it really messed up, man. It's really messed up. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think that's a really interesting point, Mark, that, you know, there are so many clergy who say, you know, I, I don't know if I even believe this anymore. But I think when you're talking about 
you know, mainline Protestant folks or, or liberal clergy, I hope when push comes to shove, they would say, but the ethical stances that I'm teaching, regardless of what my beliefs look like, uh -huh. I, I believe in what I'm teaching in terms of how we should interact with one another and the, the kind of social policy that we should be moving forward with. But in the yeah. case of Falwell, he said he didn't believe any of that either. <laughs> he, he, he just liked, you know, his political position. He liked yeah. the power that he got from it. He liked being the president of the university and he liked having a lot of money. And, yeah. well, and, and I, I think, I think that, is, that that's really interesting. Yeah. And that's definitely Jesse in the show. I, I If there's one definitely. that really doesn't believe anything, it's Jesse. I mean, it's Jesse, he, he yeah. sees uh, Christianity as a great tool to achieve power and money. There's no doubt. Yeah. 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 But, um, can I tell you a, a little tiny spoiler for the second season? Yeah, dude, uh, please. Uh, this is not a spoiler-free so, episode. <laughs> that's right. Not even for you, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> so yep. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I am so not that special. In, in season two, one, one of the, the kind of funny things, the, there are a couple of funny things that happened, but Kelvin, the youngest gemstone, yeah. who we find out came out, they came later in life, um, he starts one of these, uh, you know, these like buff guy uh, groups with who like rip the phone, phone right. books and all that. What, <laughs> what do you call those right. groups? Yeah, like the muscle uh, yeah, men for yeah, faith but, groups. Right. <laughs> and uh, and it's and it's hilarious. I think one thing that's interesting about the show too is that I think Kelvin uh, clearly is is maybe gay or bi, and yeah. we we don't see a lot. They're of at least setting us up to to see that yes. that's probably what's going on. They, they, it, yeah. it might not be, but. They're giving yeah. some some indications. And it's interesting, too, that in the show that they don't seem to have any issue with that. I mean, at one point, Jesse mm -hmm. thinks that Gideon is gay and right. uh, Gideon's not. But but Jesse doesn't seem to have any issue with that. So it's interesting that some of those values that have been purported by some fundamentalists are not values that the gemstones right. seem to share. Well, it, it, it may be like if, if this is going to continue to be a reflection of, of real life. Uh, yeah. It might be that once that issue can be used to gain political power, to um, make money, to anything like that, it might be that it becomes an issue, which would be sort of a beautiful way of showing it really didn't matter to them until yeah. they realized that they could use it to leverage mm. something that they wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that does bring up like, so we've got these massive uh, mega churches. Uh, and, yeah. and some of them definitely, we know from Falwell, aren't really believing anything that they're saying, but they're really a money-making right. machine. And they're all tax-free. And they're all tax-free. Like, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a misunderstanding of what that means. I mean, right. the church itself doesn't, uh, doesn't pay sales tax and that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, the employees still get taxed for... Uh, Social Security and and regular national and state taxes and all of that. It's not like a pure nobody gets taxed kind of thing. Right. But there's certainly advantages there. Um, what what are your thoughts on? Let's start with just what are your thoughts on mega churches like, and I mean like the gemstones, being uh, in a special category where where they get out of taxes and so many things. I mean, I think we see them purposefully abuse that in the show to make that exact point, right? That these huge churches shouldn't be exempt the, because there's 
Oh, I guess it's in the second season. So in the second season, uh, Eli is approached from someone from his past who wants him to launder money for uh-huh. his organization and to use the church to launder the money. And so Eli has to decide whether or not he's going to do that. And mm. so I think that's kind of prodding that issue. Yeah. Should churches be tax exempt or not? But this is a conversation broader than just evangelical mega churches or fundamentalist sure. churches. Sure. Uh, this is uh, a conversation that I have heard a lot. Should churches be tax exempt at all? And I've I've heard this, you know, on the liberal end as well. Should we be mm-hmm. able to say, you know, kind of whatever we want and not have to worry about taxes? Or do we ethically want to pay taxes because we believe right. that tax uh, that taxation helps mm-hmm. to provide services that we think are essential? And so yeah, I a, think that's an interesting question. Yeah, it is an interesting question. It's a complicated question because you've got it everything is. from, like you said, the ethical, moral thing of shouldn't we want to spend taxes, particularly if. That's a really big if that I just threw out there, particularly if the government is spending it in ways that actually lifts up citizens, particularly those who Mm -hmm. struggle the most. Um, But there's also the question of separation of church and state and how far does it get complicated? Uh, I think our biggest problem in this, because this is this has been a real issue, particularly on social media that you see a lot even in progressive world. Uh, you don't see it so much in the conservative Christian world, but uh, particularly out of uh, atheists and, and uh, uh, groups who are saying, yeah. this is not really fair. And 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 with groups like the Gemstones, boy, it, it really simply isn't. Like, it isn't. I, don't understand, I don't understand what you're getting an exemption for because all you're doing is making money. You're not actually improving the lives of anybody in any way whatsoever, which is why I would say yeah. we've messed up the argument Shouldn't there be a benchmark that has to be made, met if you're going to be tax exempt? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I think a lot of churches like this, too, don't improve people's lives, as you said. In fact, mm-hmm. often they will ask to see your tax return to ensure that you're actually tithing 10 percent to the church so yep. that so that the people who want their coffers lined <laughs> can yeah. get them lined There's- and they can make uh, the amount of money they want to make. There's a non-denominal church right here in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I am. I don't know if they still do it, but I know early on in their rise to fast uh, um, fame, at least locally in t- terms of uh, growing their church, you had to sign a sheet of paper so that allowed the ministers to go to your your place of business and get told exactly what you know. They <laughs> they you had yeah. to to join the church. You had to sign a piece of paper so that you could then. Go. The minister could go and find out from your your corporation how much money you make, so that they could ensure that you were tithing ten percent. I mean, if that's not gemstone move, I don't know what's gemstone move. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that's the most gemstone move move there could be. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, I I think the one of the things that of course one runs through my mind too is why do people keep coming back? To this church. And I've got to admit, that's the same kind of question that I have whenever I see people go to these kind of churches in real life, too. What is it about this that gets well, I mean, people it, to it, come? Isn't, isn't it that it, it is a feel-good church? Like, hmm. you 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 don't get challenged a lot at, at the Jim Stone Church. You, you get told yeah. uh, that no matter how bad things are going for you, it'll get better if you believe hard enough. Um, 
the, and all of this behind the scenes stuff that we're getting to see, very little of it is making it out to the public. That's so, a good point. Because there have been large churches, not necessarily mega churches, where when people found out and it was, you know, the, the press got a hold and told the story of what's really going on. Oh, it, you know, people did stop going. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think part of it is that it's the optics. They've created this great facade of, of, of what a wonderful group they are and how, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a mega church that was like that, but it's hard not to leave feeling like, well, what's, what's, uh, I can see where it would be hard for people not to leave feeling really kind of lifted up and elated and positive, no matter how bad something had been in the past week. Um, and it might be one of the few places where they get that in life. I'm not saying that that's necessarily yeah. a good thing, but it's like a drug. Uh, like my, yeah. you know, things are tough. I'm struggling, but I go here and at least for the two hours that I'm in worship and the hour or so afterwards, I, I feel good. I feel good about myself. I feel good about life. I feel like, and so I, I think I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I don't that's know. That's a good point, Mark. I think I think so. And one of the things I think that's you know a point here is, you know, is worship entertainment only? Is it only about feeling good? And I think that's one of the questions that we find in the gemstone. I'm one who believes that you know church can be fun as well as meaningful. <laughs> right. But I think that where you transition from that is whenever the only purpose of it is keeping you entertained, getting your right. money, and making you feel good. But yeah. entertainment is fun, which is why it's probably time for us to move to the most entertaining part of our show, <laughs> the hashtag game. What do you say we listen to the drop, we come back for the hashtag game? Back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're glad you stuck with us to the end for the fun stuff. Uh, so last week we had a hashtag game. We're trying to get this going again, and, and it went pretty well. Uh, we've got some really uh, great uh, folks playing along and some interesting comments. Um, so I want to encourage, first of all, before we get into the one that we, we should play this week, um, I want to encourage folks to play along uh, with us. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook. And uh, the, the way you do it, there some folks are very uh, used to this kind of thing, and some folks are not really sure what we're talking about when we talk about a hashtag game. And so you, you use a hashtag, which is the number sign, uh, and then string a string of words, no spaces, uh, to represent something. It might be, uh, since we're talking about uh, um, mega churches, it might be hashtag bless life. Um, those kinds of things where you're just say, making a comment about something that's going on. And so uh, we're not going to go that way uh, for this one. But we do. We do. I, really, honestly, it's so much fun. It's a way to stay connected to all the other folks who are like-minded who watch the show with us um, throughout the week to play these and think about these kind of things. So since we're doing gemstones, I, I, I had this thought, Caleb. Yeah. Um, so, so there, hashtag blessed. No. <laughs> hashtag blessed. No. Uh, so... There's a lot of things that go on in the gemstone church that 
should not be going on in the gym soldier <laughs> almost everything <laughs> what is is there anything that's going on in the gym stone church that's supposed to be going on in church yeah that's, that's a great point um and and i don't have an easy answer for that um, me neither. Well, me neither. maybe after season two we'll figure something out. i have no idea that's right uh but he, here's my suggestion for our hashtag game this week um okay. hashtag it happened in church. So the hashtag sign, and then just one one long word, it happened in church. Because let's let's face it, even if you go to a pretty nice church and you feel great, a very social justice-oriented church with great leadership, all of that kind of stuff, there's some strange, absurd, confusing, and sometimes funny things that, that, that go on in, in church. And, and I kind of feel like, that might be a good one for us. I'm going to admit right off the top of, uh, I don't know that I have one that I can pull out instantly. Do you, do you have a thought? I, I, I've got one, man. Churches are weird. And <laughs> here's what yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, confusing church lingo. Uh, mm. So I'm thinking like, oh, we know her heart. Or <laughs> I'm just going to go love on him. Or uh, <laughs> when you're like thinking about something, let me just pray on that. <laughs> or washed in the blood. Yeah, <laughs> Hashtag it should, happened in church. Yeah, should not be happening <laughs> in church. That's right. Well, and, and, and there's some serious things. Stuff. Yeah, and yeah. you make a point there also that there's some serious things that go in church that shouldn't be happening in church, like hate, hating on any particular group of people. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it should be surprising that it happened in church. But also, there'll be plenty of funny things. I really encourage people, please uh, take some time, play along on your own Facebook page. Just push the hashtag in there. Uh, add hashtag moonshine Jesus show just uh, and, and play along. It's always a lot of fun. And it gets, to, you, honestly, I can tell you from the uh, earlier version of the moonshine Jesus show, uh, you will make new friends playing this game. Uh, folks who, who uh, have some similar perspectives in what the world should be like and what Christianity should be like. So it's not only just fun to, to play along, but it's a, it's a great way to expand uh, your group of folks who you process things with and think through who who are being and what our spiritual life looks like. Yeah, I I loved seeing some of these come in yeah. last week, and uh, I I think it's going to be fun uh, watching some Absolutely. of these come in last this week. So do it absolutely. Play. So please play along. It happened in church. Uh, strange, absurd, confusing, funny things that happen in church, uh, like uh, two guys. Uh, drinking alcohol and talking about spirituality on a podcast. So, but it's I been a blast, it. Caleb. It's been a blast. <laughs> it's been great, Mark. Cheers to you. Cheers to uh, you, sir. And we'll catch you all next week on the Moonshine Jesus. The Moonshine Show. Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus. Bye.